Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. I got Lauren here with me. This is episode number 62. Episode 62, just a couple of dudes with girl names on a podcast episode. (laughs) There you go. It was supposed to be 63 at this point, but... What happened last week, Brooke? Last year, last week, we almost did the ER6 podcast. The ER6. As, you know what? Actually, that's true. As uh, as, as as Barbara lovingly put it, um, last week was my fault. I don't know that it was your fault yeah. that you were in excruciating pain. <laughs> I'm not really sure you brought that on yourself, unless... I, I don't guess, think I did. Is it possibility that the doctor is going to come back and say, the reason well, you had a kidney stone is because you are consuming too much whatever. Too much milk or I don't water. Know, too much. That's, that can't be. I, I There's agree. no way it's too much water. <laughs> not sure that's how it works. Yeah. So last week, um, I showed up to work, and I sat down, and immediately, for some reason, felt a painful a spot on the side of my body that hurt really bad and it was tons of fun and uh i you know pushed through for a while and was like no nah, that's nah, nah, no big deal like it hurts it's uncomfortable like maybe it's no big deal we'll just deal with it and um you know barbara and Lori were were running around freaking out because that's not a normal thing for me and they don't normally see me do anything like that and so they i've never like, seen you like that either I've, were- <laughs> I've been here almost four years and you are one of those rarely, rarely, rarely sick. You certainly don't express, you know, being in pain. So to have you miserable like you were was speaking volumes yeah, to it me. Was, <laughs> it was like so I made it I made it like I made it about twenty minutes over in the over in the offices where I was originally sitting down with uh with with Lori and Barbara like panicking trying to figure out how to get me to the er or if they needed to call my wife or call a doctor or call an ambulance or whatever and i made it about 20 minutes and i was like okay i'm going to the other building bye (laughs) i love them and they were amazing and they were right and i still ignored them and went to the other building and was like nope i'm gonna power through we'll be fine (laughs) so i text i text laura and i text you and i said um so i'm gonna need a few minutes before we start uh podcast because i got this really painful thing in my side going on right now so just bear with me and uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And um, well, and we, this is audio only, of course, yeah. on the podcast. But I wish I could share the picture. <laughs> this is the picture of last week's event from my perspective. Is at the ER. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a it's a hospital, so it's not like it's a, a a dirty place. It's not a restaurant. No, it's not a restaurant. But the floor of the lobby yeah. of the ER is not a clean not space really, yeah, they don't no. do surgery in there it's it's where people tramp in with their shoes from all different kinds of places <laughs> and brooke who i think maybe is a little bit of a germaphobe if you're honest i don't know you don't you don't strike me as one who's like um you know throwing caution to the wind there you're on the floor like face down rolling around in agony yeah agony I, I, is a great word i did I did snap a couple pictures, send them to some people. Yes. And I think that even that shot that people were getting on their phones were like, oh my goodness. Oh. Brooks on the ER floor. This is a big this deal. This is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did help you get a room sooner too. I think the nurse oh, was man. like, that guy over there's dying. At that point, I was like, I don't even care. <laughs> like I had already like I knew where the trash can was because I was like, I'm not sure I can hold anything down. I'm sweating. 
I felt like profusely because yeah everything hurt so bad and it was just it was it was fun so yeah we 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 came, the, the pain kind of subsided and I was like all right cool we'll do this podcast let's go do this podcast and they started setting up the computer and the mics and stuff and and then uh, like. 30 seconds later was right back on the floor, like in here, laying down, stretching, <laughs> trying, just like, I don't know what's going on. And then I finally just gave in. I was like, all right, fine. You can drive me to the ER. So we, uh, we attempted to, to do the podcast and it didn't happen. And I had a, a kidney stone on my left side and it was, um, uh, a lot of fun. But the, 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 the funny, the funny part was, is that, you know, if you've ever had a kidney stone, you've been told this, um, or if you're a male and you like to feel like you can experience something as painful as birth, um, they they always say, you know, oh, kidney stone, man, that's that's like that's like as bad as it gets. Like that's that's equal to a, a woman giving birth, right? And um, and so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not I'm not going there. But yes, it hurts really bad. And then and then so throughout this process, like I'm I'm not paying attention to anything beyond me, mm. like. I'm just in a ball of pain on a bed and mm-hmm. they're wheeling me around and they're like, you know, they had to do a CT scan and they're doing all this stuff and you had my things and drove me there and then my wife came and she's got stuff and you went to my house and got me there, you know, so it's like, I got nothing. Like, I'm just like in a ball of pain and that's all I can see. I have tunnel vision on, this hurts and I can't figure out how to make it stop. And so to find out later on that as I'm being told Oh man, this this pain like uh, they say it's like childbirth, and and I'm repeatedly hearing this from my nurses that um, at least a couple of my nurses are are very very pregnant and dealing with it, and so they're they're just in their own world of dealing with pregnancy and all of that, and then they're wheeling me around trying to trying to convince <laughs> me that it's okay that it hurts really bad, and and uh, you know, and I'm like I'm glad I didn't like go off on some string of drugged up i'm the you know strongest person more more strong i could i I can deal with this because you know and so we don't have any because then i would have put my foot in my mouth we don't have any video footage from your wife of 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 you being in an altered state or not that i'm aware of, or even just being a a, she may she may be holding on to something in the in and uh and and just hasn't disclosed that yet (laughs) waiting for it to you know is it is it funny yet now can i do that (laughs) yeah okay so for our listeners it's been a week now it has this was this was how long ago it was was literally almost uh, i i sat down it was like 9 30 a.m on Monday, Monday morning, yeah, it's 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 a little after nine on Monday morning today, yeah, following Easter, so we're a week later, and so, uh, and you've been pain free for now three days, maybe. Uh, let's see, two days. Thursday, Thursday was the was the first relief day, and then Friday was like I wasn't in pain, but I was super sore, and my body was just exhausted Tired, from yeah. like being, I think, tense for you know seventy two straight hours, and. Uh, and so yeah. it's amazing what the body does. That's another memory of me watching you go through this was <laughs> them trying to take your blood pressure. And I, I don't think I've ever actually seen this. I, I is, had not seen that either. It is, was new they had that automatic gizmo on your arm right. that, you know, used to, they used to do it by hand pump uh-huh. or whatever, but now it's automatic gizmo and it starts constricting uh-huh. and you're already super tense and uncomfortable. And he, I wasn't paying attention, but eventually you're like, complaining yeah. going ah <laughs> now i can't feel my fingers it's not <laughs> loosening up it's just getting tighter and tighter it was and and i was watching the nurse try to 
get the readout. Yeah. And she's like, wow, this is not happening. I could, you know? I couldn't, I couldn't. You were in such any- pain. You couldn't <laughs> relax. You couldn't. <laughs> I'll bet your heart rate was through the roof. I don't know. I have no idea. Like I'm telling you, I just I just haven't seen that before. All I knew was that 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 cuff on my arm just was was like it's still, like you know when they put it on like they put it on really you tight because the point is to constrict yeah. and then and then it releases. I just had an epiphany. It just though. didn't release. No, I just had an epiphany. This explains. <laughs> it's really all about your pain threshold. Yeah, I must suck. That's what it was. Yeah, because you, you you couldn't even handle the. The blood pressure nope. gizmo. Nope. Apparently not. This this changes everything for me now that I reflect on it. <laughs> I'm not even sure you had a kidney stone. It probably wasn't. You probably just You're had just gas. a giant wuss. That's right. It's just bloated. <laughs> so yeah, we missed out last week. And yeah, sorry uh, to all our listeners. Uh, we did have a groundswell of complaining. We I think I got 197 <laughs> emails from people very upset that we did not. No, actually, it's very humbling because um, nobody cared. Yeah, it was kind of crickets. It's funny. I actually, actually had uh, uh, <laughs> Kelly Kelly Morris came up to me afterwards and uh, after church yesterday on Sunday and said um, uh, she was like, I I I didn't know anything, but I knew that. Wait, there wasn't a podcast today. Is Brooke okay? <laughs> like something must be wrong. <laughs> it's like, well, you know. Yeah. To your I was, credit, I was you, on the floor. You keep us consistent and. Uh, <laughs> The the silence probably spoke something to some, yeah, some folks. So welcome to the ER six podcast. Yes, aptly named by Barbara. So uh, thank you for all of you who um, drove my vehicle home, or gathered my things, or drove to my house, or did anything you needed, anything we needed to to get me through the week. And, and the word did get out. We had a bunch of people praying for you and and it's asking very about you and, very appreciated yeah. because that was not a fun three days. Mm-mm. It's not a fun three I days. I hope you don't have another one. You and me both. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. So that was a thing. <laughs> so, yeah. So what I missed last week, because I went around. Last week during the week? Yeah. Anything Anything fun happened last week? I was Oh, busy. man. Probably not worth sharing here. <laughs> wow. It was a great week. Um, no? Uh, get ready for... I mean, I, mean, I, I don't mind admitting... Uh, you know, Easter weekend is such a big deal for all the right reasons. And for, I don't know how many of our listeners can picture what a church staff goes through, but everything from a children's ministry director like Lori Thomas, you know, just scratching and clawing to staff a weekend where we know we're going to have more kids than usual, more families than usual. We know we're going to have key people who, who lead, who volunteer their time. Uh, they're out of town. Um, and so um, th- that's one example of just the the good stress, the good hard work that's required. So I think, um, and we want it to be amazing. We want it to be right. meaningful and fun. And so the worship team's working that much harder, and the facilities folks are working that much harder to get get the campus ready. And um, I confess, uh, I try to get my teachings done ten days out. Uh, I don't know how much people know that or would be even interested in that but we have a good practice here that we try to stick with Um, it's mostly me you know as our primary teacher here to get my messages my teachings ready well in advance but I think in part because I was trying to um, I was pretty excited about speaking on David and Goliath on Easter and I knew why I knew where I wanted to go but I stopped and started and started over my (laughs) teaching I want to say five times, oh. and that's not normal for me. Um, 
I have a hard time starting sometimes the creative process, but once I get moving, it's, it's just putting the time in, but I just was dissatisfied with it. Um, I eventually got it done and it was way too long. Um, <laughs> no, and nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants, especially on Easter, you know? <laughs> so, um, I was proud of myself. I think I went 30 minutes, which is short for That's Lauren. short. Yeah, I think. Now somebody's going to correct me and go, That's no, right. it was no, 39. It was, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's right. But all that to say, that last week was was fun, but but busy. And and ironically, uh, we're here recording a podcast because we want to be consistent, especially after missing last week. But yep. our staff actually has a, a good regular habit of taking the, the day after Easter off. So our office is closed today. And... Uh, our staff will resume its hard work tomorrow morning yep. uh, on Tuesday after Easter. But um, I was looking forward to this. I always look forward mm-hmm. to the podcast episode. Um, yeah, I got to say, it was, it was we- <laughs> it's weird uh, to be on a church staff like I have been for, you know, most of my professional career, if you will, beyond college and stuff. And, and to walk into an Easter Sunday having not been here for a week and yeah I'll bet that was weird you know it was like yeah. I have I have like the general knowledge of the things that we're doing and what I'm not but sure I was like what's going on I really you know don't what no you know what actually that explains it you because you had the look on your face yesterday that in my busyness I'm just now realizing I saw yeah and you even texted and verbally asked hey what what can I do <laughs> and in my head I'm like you know what we do what do you what yeah, you know, but you're just like I haven't been here. I know. Is there like, a, a, a hole weird... to, in the dam to fill? You know, <laughs> <right>. plug because <laughs> I'm already. It's like everything's already everything's already figured out. You got you your know? family picture done right. in the cafe. Brooke. We did, yes. That's so true. it looked like you did. I what mean, you had I, to I, do. I I did have to come in, hit the ground running, but it was just I was just thinking about that. Like on on Saturday, we did uh, we did like a neighborhood. Um, uh, our 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 few neighbors that live around us all you know everybody has some little kids and and uh, or some big kids and little kids but our one our our one of our neighbors and so we did an Easter egg hunt and they, everybody came over and and did it in our yard for whatever reason I guess we were more central but um, but one of our neighbors is a pastor at uh, um, at First Press and, yeah and Michael so, and Michael so, Hanson so, yeah so I'm talking to Michael and and uh, he was like so you guys are ready for tomorrow and I was like. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and so it like took me a second because I was like, I'm not really sure how to answer that. I, mean, I don't <laughs> I probably really threw him hope off. So I don't know. Wait, aren't you a pastor out? at Colonial? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to hit the ground running anyway because you know it was it was Easter, so there was there have to be problems, and so I, I came in and we had things that didn't didn't work that were that were done ahead of time that for some reason didn't appear that way and. We had other things that were just, I know, it was technology all over the place. It was just, I mean, literally at least three different issues, main issues, like right out of the gate. And so it was was a fun first hour just trying to, (laughs) okay, let me wrap my mind around what we're doing. Oh, also, these things are all not working, Mm. so... Well, okay, so let's um, so we can talk about Easter. Yeah, we can do that, and and we'll get to that. But before we do, because we missed last uh, we missed last week, I didn't want to skip anything as far as talking about the the story of David mm-hmm. and the things that we've gone through, um, the things that we've been, we've been learning. So um, I just wanted to let's let's take a few minutes and let's go back to uh, I guess it was um, uh, David and uh, and Bathsheba. Um, 
David David's his his big as we would probably call it a moral failure mm-hmm. his moral failure which led to more moral failures mm-hmm. which ultimately I love that is in there not because that he went through this or whatever but that when we call him a man after God's own heart that he screwed up this bad for a while and still is able to be counted as a hero of faith and mm. uh, and a leader to be looked up to, not to necessarily emulate all the things that he did, but to learn from. Uh, and so I I didn't want to I don't want to skip over that, and so I want to go back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so give me give me some thoughts on now a week later, um, the the story of David and Bathsheba, and um, yeah. or, or really the story of David. Uh, David and, and, and Nathan and David's yeah. screw-ups. Nathan definitely became a primary figure in that that situation. You know, I I guess I guess not to not to fly by this, but just the the power of sexual temptation is so prominent, you know, for all of us mm-hmm. as humans. And and the moment we don't recognize that or admit it, we are in some at least significant ways, setting ourselves up for failure. You know, I mean, I am probably as as discouraged as anybody. I don't know how many of our listeners just continue to to notice just Christian leaders, spiritual leaders that are falling left and right um, like flies. It's it feels like just because of poor choices, because of and whether it's you know the the way power affects people in some of our mega churches, the allure of, you know, in our celebrity culture, our, the allure of, of being liked and even worshiped. Uh, but, but along with all that, I think central is, is sexual temptation. And, uh, my understanding from especially the writings of Paul is that, you know, in this life short of, um, short of full, full, uh, transformation you know we have this battle with our flesh and so uh, David was no different and instead of fleeing as I love Bonhoeffer's quote from the, his book temptation um, instead of you know Bonhoeffer says there's there's only one appropriate response to that kind of temptation that is get the heck out of there mm. like run mm-hmm. don't dwell on it for an extra couple seconds mm-hmm. don't entertain thoughts don't don't set yourself up for for just a spiral run get out of there you know and we see that a flashback you know to the story of joseph back in egypt when potiphar's wife you know tempts him and he he literally literally it's a great picture he bolts he runs so fast that she's got you know his robe (laughs) in her hand and he leaves the robe behind you know yeah um he still paid for it because she lied and accused him of things but um but she also had the power in that, she, in she, that scenario. Yeah, that was a uh, a me too moment. In, well, in and of okay, itself, so you know. so that you know, not to not to derail you. Sorry, you, you brought up um, the issue of power as well, and watching um, as as more and more uh, big name people um, throughout the uh, I don't want to say necessarily the Christian community, but like you know, some of those of those celebrity Christians or whatever. Um, uh, I mean, I guess it's beyond that too. Um, that that sexual temptation seems to be a a, a big deal, um, but in a lot of ways, it also seems to coincide with or happen at the same time um, as as their power. Yeah. 
Um, and and it seems like this could be the same the same yeah, deal. So it's not just like he's you know he's on his computer because he didn't have one, but um, you know he's not just looking at something he's not supposed to. But then he acts on it with the power that he has. He does some things that no one else could have done. Right. He, he like try, He not only tries to kill the <laughs> husband of of uh, this woman he wants. But he has the power to send him off to war. Put him on the front lines. Right. Well, you know? but in, in even orchestrate the potential hiding of it all before that. Yes. Yes. You know. And yes. So and so yes. I, I guess I, you know part. you bring up you bring up me too. Like it just makes me think like um, how much of of this is uh, is a combo of yeah. the sexual temptation and the power that he has uh, without having the restrictions. You, you know. You, I, I wonder. Is is she as 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 stuck in this situation as uh, mm. you know, or is she just as guilty? Is she like out there flaunting it, or is she just doing her thing? And, and the, the king question. comes and says, "That's a great question." We can't, we can't. Let, let's be real clear. We can't really know Bathsheba's culpability because mm. I'm very open in that culture and time period in history that she was completely helpless and taken advantage of, right and powerless to do anything different there's also an argument uh from you know i read a couple scholars talk about why are you, why are you taking a bath you know up where uh, even though it's in theory in, in your own private space mm-hmm. but all you got to do is look up and you can see that the king you've, you've probably seen him out there one one was writing one scholar was writing she's probably seen him up there on the rooftop looking down before yeah you know we we see our na- you know over time we see our neighbors <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, but well, we, and, we and, can't know. We can't. Know. Yeah, and and I'm not, the, I'm the culpability of of Bathsheba doesn't change anything for David. No, me, not a know? bit. It doesn't. It not doesn't. A bit. It doesn't make him. I think to, less. To it your just, point, it just makes me wonder how much of what we deal with yes. now and what we're watching yes. happen around our world is really a lot of what David is dealing with here. Yes. Is the same thing mm. that we're watching, like. You know the those those big name people that have the power that are trying to cover things up and yep. ends up it ends up biting them in the butt anyway, and, and it we does just see it does from the other side being the same thing. It does not two things. It does not take away from the very real temptation and and potential pitfall for all the rest of us mm-hmm. who have no power. Who have no celebrity leadership roles, who are in the corner in the dark, right? You know, in the normal day to day life, like everybody. Yeah, it does not take away from the temptation for for us, but there, I do believe, and I think this is kind of intuitive. I'm probably just speaking logically here for everybody. I do believe as we incrementally increase in our power and influence, um, I think that temptation just exponentially increases because we then have the power to hide it that much better to cover it that much better to overcome people's accusations that much more easily and even the the sin of deceiving ourselves that it's not as bad as it could Mm be or um i I just i don't think i i never want to excuse I'm I'm thinking of some megachurch pastors or some some you know Christian celebrity teachers and leaders that have 
you know, just awful stuff has come out about their their sexual uh, behavior, their infidelity, their taking advantage of women. Um, and I am never going to excuse that. There's no there's no place for that. Uh, but I I can't help but wonder. Okay, how did that start? You know, mm-hmm. um, these none of these. I mean, no no man, for example, wakes up and goes, you know what? I think I'm going to destroy my marriage <laughs> and everything I've I've done right. to take care of my family. Right. Nobody does that. It's always a slow process of mistake, rebellion, selfish choice, uh, coupled sometimes with loneliness or pain or disillusionment. It, it's just it, it. I can't help but wonder what exacerbates. So, for example, for David, you know, what was he really tired that day? Was he disillusioned in some other area of his life? Uh, had he already made some poor choices? We, we do know he took on a bunch of wives and concubines. We covered that in the scripture, and that was not what the Lord wanted. So he already was arguably discovering, oh, it's not enough. It's not mm-hmm. enough. And so he had this insatiable desire that was growing. Um, and then, you know, he had the opportunity to, to run. He had the opportunity to glance. I, I forgot what book I read when I was younger, but it talked about for men in sexual temptation, just the, it sounds so cheesy. It still does to me, but it's practical. The, the power of bouncing your eyes, mm-hmm. um, you know, is it a sin to notice that another woman is attractive? Uh, of course not. You know, look at the mountains, look at the sun, look at that woman, but it is sin to, in my mind, my, my, what, where that line is crossed is where you look for an extra second. You look for an extra five seconds. You look for an extra 30 seconds. You, your, your mind, you dwell. And so this author that I read, I can't remember the, the book, but he just talked about bouncing your eyes. It's tied to flee. Mm-hmm. It's tied to get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. Just bounce your eyes. Just go somewhere else with your brain. And, and I think that's a very practical, very good represent, representation of how we fight sexual temptation is you don't you don't even crack open the door because when you crack open the door um, you are opening the possibility for to use Wichita Falls you know language you know a storm blowing in <laughs> all of a sudden you know um, and so yeah so I I do want to speak to that but you know what you know what's more loud to me from last week? And I, I spent some more time on it in our teaching. Was Nathan's role, um, especially because sexual temptation is always going to be here, mm-hmm. and, and more broadly, um, just our own failures, our own struggles with the flesh in different areas, not just sexual, uh, with our ambition, with our with our selfishness, with our materialism, all kinds of stuff. We. Do we have Nathans in our lives? That's really was was so much of the heart of where I I was taken away from from that story with David is God used Nathan to speak truth and love. That's such a overused cliche in some ways, but it captures the necessary truth that was brought to David. Confrontation. It was done with the right words. It was done with the right timing. It was done with the backdrop of "I care about you." God cares about you. And um, I'll just jump to this. We had a great conversation in our small group that night, last Sunday, uh, oh, yeah, Sunday night, the 10th, 
Um, and it wasn't just about confrontation. It was just a real honest, raw conversation about, you know, do we have those kind of friendships? Are we running in this this life, this life of, of trying individually to pursue Jesus as well as pursue Jesus collectively? Do we have the kind of conversations, the kind of trust? Do we take the kind of risks? Probably is the biggest question. Do we take do we choose to take the biggest risks with people so that we can spur each other on? Mm-hmm. You know, the writer of the Hebrews says, Don't stop meeting together so you can spur each other on toward love and good deeds. I think meeting together inherently includes really connecting, not just being in the same room, but but knowing each other well enough to go, hey, hey, this thing that you're doing, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Or this attitude of your heart, you know, you, who, who am I? I got my own stuff, yeah. and I've been where you are right now, but right now I'm, I'm your brother, I'm your sister, I'm the one saying... This is not the way of Jesus, um, even if it's not received well, even if it's it causes friction, but if it's done out of love and it's done prayerfully and wisely, and and we had oh, I was so encouraged. Our group's still relatively new. I I, I don't, it's not like we've been together for years and gone through all kinds of crises together, but we've taken enough risks, primarily sharing our stories with each other. Our, our low points, our crises of faith, um, our struggles that that it's it's received better um, when we I think we take risks with each other. So I'm really curious how many people have that because my mm-hmm. my strong hunch is that most people don't have those kind of friends. Yeah, most church people don't take those kind of risks with each other. Yeah, I think that's. I think the risk side of it is is one of the things risky. It's what sticks out to me is that you know, it's it's easy to kind of breeze through what Nathan did is like, oh God, God told him to go talk to David, so he goes and talks to David, and he calls him out, and David's like, oh dude, you're right, okay, you know, but it seems really easy, but it's so like, that was such a huge risk for Nathan, especially, you know, what is it? You said, I think you said it was a year later. Yeah. Um, you know, he has, he has attempted to cover up his affair yeah. by, by trying to get his, uh, her husband back and getting her pregnant yep. and he tried to kill him and then he does. Mm. And the, you know, and it's like all of these, and then he, and he, he makes her his wife, uh, again, you know, it's, it's just like, this is compounding and it's the King, the most powerful dude that, that is there. And for Nathan to be able to go and say, Hey dude, you're not, you're not supposed to be doing this, yep. man. This is, this is messed up. Like that's a really, really risky move. I wonder if Nathan, you just, know, he doesn't get enough props as I, in that moment, I'm, I'm convicted to hear you say that. Like, what else do we know about Nathan in the Bible? <laughs> Not a whole lot. Yeah. This was his moment yeah. of speaking truth to the king who could snap his fingers and he's dead man. Right. Even if David just had a bad moment, like of, of fear and anger and denial. I mean, Saul did repeatedly. Absolutely. And, you know, it wouldn't have been like, it would have been out of the question of something that was yeah. normal. Yeah. But I just, it's just so it, it seems so relevant to me this whole conversation and I think I think that I've just I've read it so many times and I've heard the story so many times yeah. growing up in church and all this that it's like man, it's so relevant to where we are now yeah 
you know it is whether it's the sexual temptation side of it whether it's the sexual temptation and the power whether it's just the power whether yeah. it's the cover yeah. up whether it's the the speaking truth in love mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. you still got to go and have that conversation or whether it's just the fact that we just don't like to have those kinds of conversations with people yep. in general because you're, you're it exposes right. us it's like it's such an easy conversation oh oh yeah, yeah it's that bible story that's 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 the david thing and and you he know screwed what? Up or whatever, but can it's I, like, oh man. Can I get personal about this? I, I am so convicted, and this this has cost me at least a little bit in the past, and and I know that this could cost me as a leader um, at some point. But I I personally want to be the kind of leader, uh, influencer, teacher. Um, pastor that takes those kind of risks not only in the privacy of my closer relationships that's a given Mm -hmm. I want that for all of us Mm -hmm. but I don't know how well I do this maybe people can even speak to this and um, I want to take that risk publicly you know because I want to model for people not only am I just like you (laughs) um, I just I detest this celebrity (laughs) culture that's even seeped into the church, you know, and I I am just like everybody else in the sense that I struggle. Lauren buys groceries just like you do. I do. do. (laughs) And I, I get in fights with my wife and I have self-absorbed moments and moments of, yeah. And so, um, God's not done with me yet either, but that's that even, even saying it that generally, as I just did is taking a risk with people who, uh, could get disillusioned by that, mm-hmm. could cancel me, you know, to use language of the day too, and go find somebody else that they can put on a pedestal. Um, that's I, what we do. We put people on pedestals. I just saw this quote from from Henry Nouwen. You and I have both talked about Henry Nouwen as an author, influence, influential author. Um, he wrote this probably 25 years ago. He said, I am deeply convinced that the Christian leader of the future is called to be completely irrelevant and to stand in this world with nothing to offer but his or her own vulnerable self. Hmm. That is the way Jesus came to reveal God's love. Is that One, from... Uh, is that from... It might be from Wounded Healer. Um, hmm. It might be from In the Name of Jesus. I that's, don't know. That's what I was thinking. I didn't want to give it away, but that's, that's what I was it's, thinking. It's central to so much of Such what he book, said yeah. in different ways. But Yeah, that's true. I, I, if I can go back to this, this is, this is related. When we planted a church in 2007 in the suburbs of Houston, I remember talking, this was a pivotal moment for me. I remember talking to, uh, a couple friend and he and I were really close and I didn't know his wife nearly as well, but, uh, we were, we were just talking about the church we were about to plant that, that Carrie and I and some others were about to plant and they were asking questions and, and, I, I, f- I forgot how I put it, but I said something like, you know, I don't want to, when we plant this new church with a blank piece of paper and everything ahead of us, I don't want to be the kind of pastor who is 50 yards ahead of everybody up the hill going, come on, come on right. you guys can do, this. come on, follow me, you know, in this, in this, and what I meant by that is this larger than life, distant on a pedestal, mm-hmm. inspirational kind of leader. And I have those people in my life that, especially especially people, writers or teachers right. that I don't really know, you know? I said, I wanna be the kind of pastor who's running up that hill 
right in the middle of people. Like they're on my left, they're on my right. Maybe I'm on the front, you know, as a leader, and but I'm with them and I'm running right alongside them and I'm stumbling from time to time just like they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm letting them see my humanity and my my growth along the way. And I'll, I, I, w- I was so excited. I was so passionate sharing this. And she literally, this is a, a, somebody I love and respect. She, she literally goes, Ugh, I couldn't be a part of that church. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want my pastor running next to me. I want my pastor way up there. I want him inspiring me. I, w- I want him calling me up to something that I'm not yet. And she went on and on. And even the way she put it was, sounded good. Right. But I remember going, Ugh, yeah, well, you wouldn't like the church I'm a part of then. Yeah. You wouldn't like the church we're about to plant because I'm not that, I'm not drawn to lead like that. I'm not drawn to those kind of leaders. Yeah. Um, I do get that some people want that, but I, I resonate. What resonates with me is, is Henry Nowen's quote. Now I, I have nothing to offer, but Jesus. And I'm not saying that in some kind of cliche way, like I'm not all that. Mm-hmm. And and the pastors that I'm drawn to, the 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 Christian big brothers and sisters that I'm inspired by are the very raw and vulnerable, honest uh I talk about RJ a lot. RJ's anybody who hangs around Colonial the last several years know RJ's is as a key mentor in my life. He's 68 uh and he is very self-aware, very aware of God's grace in his life and his own shortcomings. And he's passionate about Jesus and boldly stepping out and leading. Yeah. And I I think that's where we've got to fight for Nathan-like relationships on both sides. We've got to fight for that kind of authenticity with each other, that kind of love and um, honesty with each other, but also we've got to be willing to take risks and speak the truth and love to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole lot of truth being spoken from time to time. I think the hard part is love. It's, right. it's, it's being wise about it and prayerful. So yeah, yeah that, that's a lot about last week. I'm, can we talk a little bit about Easter? Cause I don't want to run out of time. Yeah. I, Easter's so fun. Okay. So, um, I have, I have, pessimistic thoughts run through my head every once what? in a while. I know, it's crazy, right? Or maybe maybe cynical. You're more of a contrarian, contrarian? Okay. than people might So I'm know. I'm not a tradition guy, right? Okay, okay. I, I can toss it out from month to month, day to day, year to year, whatever. It doesn't really bother me. So when when it comes to Easter, um, maybe I'm just I'm I'm curious if you can help me with the mindset of, 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 of people, right? So This is fun. I have no idea where you're going. Yeah, I know it's great. Uh so what is the deal with Easter for somebody who doesn't attend church or engage with church on a regular basis, right? So it's the same basic message overall, you know, from year to year, mm-hmm. you get the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that message has massive life consequences that don't necessarily appear to be uh, taking hold especially when that's the one message you kind of hear year to year if that's the only time you go to church. So I'm, I'm curious, what is it that makes us feel like we have to be there at church, there, whatever that is? Um, but then uh, we've checked our box and we've moved on. When this is literally the most massive message and life-altering message that you could hear. Is your question... I want to make sure I'm answering the question that you're actually asking. (laughs) Are you asking why do so many more people 
come out of the woodwork to yeah. show up at church on Easter. Yeah. What what is it about what is it about Easter that that mm. is such a big deal for us to show up for, but then not for the rest of for mm. the rest of time. And now and that's not to say that the only way to engage is uh, is by by your regular attendance on Sunday mornings, right? This I'm, I'm not I'm just but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like no, I get it. We we have you know it doesn't matter what our numbers are. Like I don't have any idea what the numbers were yesterday. Well, we had a ton more people here you know, yesterday. But we but every church always has yeah. a ton more people. Always. It's the most highly attended weekend and every year for for every church right but yeah. then but then if if you're asking you know, why is it is it just a we feel like we're supposed to i think you're asking i, I think there's several factors um first of all we know christmas is similar mm-hmm. i think i so i think both christmas and easter there's there's the sentimentality culturally around it okay uh, so I think whether which it's, is a, which is a struggle for me because that because you're not that sentimental does not commute, at all compute in my head right. <laughs> but I think you know for family families have traditions families have habits. Um, I think that and, and also just the nature of holidays. You know it's it's a random weekend in October. Your cousins and uncles and aunts and grandparents aren't necessarily all coming together. Pick a big holiday, July Fourth. Pick Christmas. Pick Easter. There's there's these there's these natural times when families come together. Mm-hmm. So I think that increases the odds of let's go do this together. I think there's the the cultural history. So many of us, I think, a ton of people who don't regularly attend church, uh, grew up going to church mm-hmm. with mom and dad, or grew up on Easter or Christmas going to church. So there's just the the sentimentality. There's the cultural history. I also think that I, I I think that one pragmatic reason that Easter's so big is there's something very visceral about springtime, you know. Um, I mean, it was stinking hot one or two days last week, but this is the time of year when the daylight's a little longer, the the weather's starting to get a little nicer. Um, Spring, hello, you know, flowers are starting to bloom. Our roses just came out like in in twenty four hours mm-hmm. yesterday. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something very psychological and and even I think visceral to us in our experience about ah, it's spring. You know, let's let's go do this together. Um, and then fact the fact is we used to be a uh, predominantly Judeo Christian culture where most people went church. Uh, I think the drift is not, it's, it's not a, all of a sudden people stop going to church. It's it, that, the word is a drift. You know, people, mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to go to church, you know, three, three and a half times a month for a long period of time, and then you don't just stop going to church. What, what's more natural is you just start going sporadically mm-hmm. and you're then going pretty irregularly and then the last thing to drop off i think that makes sense in my head is the special occasions you know is a holiday it's it's when the family gets together and so it's when you all get dressed up and go out to eat and um i think that's where culturally what the statistics have shown us especially after the pandemic the statistics are telling us from barna research group that this is the first time just the last couple years this is the first time in our at least 
surveyed history the last few decades. We don't know what was going on 100 years ago, but the last few decades, this is the first time that the numbers are more people are not going to church than are going to church. It wasn't that way before. The numbers, the self-reported numbers, and you got to take that with a grain of salt too. You know, <laughs> people say, "Yeah, I go to church," and they go very sporadically. Right. But so we're we're in an increasingly pluralistic culture. We're in a a culture where people are going to church less and less. It doesn't surprise me that the last kind of handles people have for still being connected to our Judeo-Christian culture, even if they don't believe it, um, is to go on these special days, you Mm -hmm. know? So I, I'd be lying if I didn't wonder, okay, how many of our people, our people, I say that were the people who were present with us yesterday at colonial church, how many of them know and love Jesus? How many of them have more of that sentimental loose connection to the church and how many of them have very little interest, but it's what their family Mm -hmm. is doing or it feels like the right thing to do or, um, I don't know. And I'm not judging. I just, I'm looking at a sea of people in two services and can I be honest? That's why I got a little excited about, we've been studying lessons of the King, you know, King David and characters around him. I initially wasn't going to talk about David on Easter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly wasn't going to talk about Goliath on Easter. And yet, um, instead of shifting gears uh, this past Sunday to a new series or to do a standalone Easter message, I mean, I just got excited about, oh, okay, even people who don't read their Bibles know David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about kids that are antsy in their chairs? to tell the story of David and Goliath, that'll, that'll bring them in, you know? And then my wheel started spinning about, oh my goodness, you could argue Jesus took out the biggest giant of them all for us. This is not, this is not a crazy reach. At least I was hoping it wasn't as I prepared. (laughs) Um, and so I think that's even, if I can be that honest, that's partly what our podcast is for a little, little look behind the curtain. That's why I went there is I thought, you know, we've got a very mixed crowd. Mm. In fact, I was so I didn't tee any of that up, and my daughter, I won't name names, one of my daughters said, I thought that was really cool that you talked about <laughs> David and Goliath, Dad, because I felt like people who know a lot were engaged and interested, Dad, and I feel like people who didn't really know anything, that was just a fun story, and um, you just kind of took us along with you, and, and I'm just like, wow, you are such a preacher's kid, you know, <laughs> to even have those <laughs> thoughts. But that's, I was like, yes, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. But it, I think it's, it's, it's a long rant answer to your question. I think it does speak to um, why the numbers go up, why people value it. I will say, let's shift gears to the one thing I definitely want to talk about mm-hmm. from yesterday. I can't speak strongly enough to my conviction uh, that I said yesterday about the power of, of remembering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the people who were there yesterday and even had a, a strong positive experience, but don't have anything in their past to point to, oh, I did, I did forget how good God is. I did forget what he's done for me. I am forgetting the, the, the importance of, of being reminded of his character and his activity on my behalf. 
if they don't have anything to draw on, they're probably not going to be back next week. Unless they're just craving friendship or some other felt needs that the church definitely has a role to, to play in. But my hope is that a bunch of people, especially with our pandemic that we're coming, you know, trying to heal up from and get out of, mm-hmm. um, my hope is that, that a decent number of people, not just for Colonial, my hope is that a bunch of people went to all these churches, for example, and across our city on Easter that haven't been to church in two years, that haven't been to church once or twice in, in a long time, go, oh, I forgot. I need to be around this. I need to be around truth. Mm-hmm. I need to be around other people facing the same struggles as me. Um, I want to do it here. I want to find community here. And not just for Colonial, but for for all these these folks that, that came to church. Um, I know one of the things I spoke about, I'll try to, try to finish this thought, one of the things I spoke about is is the David's faith, his confidence in so many ways, I think came from, you know, his his memory of the lion, the bear, the way the way God had come through miraculously for him in the past, which just changed the way he saw this huge hulk of a giant, you know? And uh that's I can't remember if I ever told you this. I wouldn't be surprised if I told you this on a podcast. If I ever wrote a book and I I would be shocked if I ever wrote a book because I have no original <laughs> thoughts. I have nothing new to say. Uh, but if I ever wrote a book flat out, it would be on this issue of remembering because I think the Bible is a long, big story of God doing crazy cool things and loving and providing and blessing and people enjoying it and then people forgetting yeah. And then people be coming to a place of crisis and then God doing amazing things and loving and providing and blessing and people enjoying it and then people forgetting and coming to a place of crisis. And not only do I see that throughout scripture, it's the story of the Jews in the Old Testament. It's the story of the early disciples. It's my story. Mm-hmm. Like I am amazed how much I can forget day to day. Um that God is so good and so real and so powerful. And I'm not tempted to hate God or, or be disillusioned by who God is. I'm tempted to forget him. And so, um, yeah, does that, does that make sense to you? Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with you reading the, you know, reading through the, the old Testament specifically as you, as you get the story of, of the Israelites and, I mean that's that's there. It's easy to pick on them, I think, because you know it's like, ugh, God, guys, come on, because we're reading the whole story, right? You know, and not living in the moment and not seeing it over the course of hundreds of years, right? And and so yeah, it's it's I see, I see a lot of that, and that's a lot of what Jesus does is you know remember, you know, pray like this, do this, yep. okay, guys, we've talked about this, <laughs> you know, and it even speaks to the the practice of communion, right? Like, I want you to do this over and over and over and over again. And you could argue that's silly. Bread and wine and the same practice over and over. Oh my goodness. It's, you know, and he's like, I cannot, I can't say it strongly enough. Yeah. You're going to forget. You're going to forget. Remind each other. Yeah. Keep doing this. Keep talking about it. Keep praying about it. Keep, keep reading about it. 
Um, when if it's and if it's any other any other thing in our lives, we're like, yeah, yeah, totally. I want my muscle memory there. It's like riding a bike, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we say that, you know. But we we know, you know, we've we've seen the studies. That's like if you you have to put ten thousand hours into something to to really master mm-hmm. what you know. It's like you're you're really just training yourself to remember. You're remembering where the notes are in the instrument that you're playing. You're remembering all of these things that that you know. That's just that's the story of who we are. Absolutely. You know, you know it. Perfect timing to share this quote um, that I earmarked for today's podcast. This is by Eugene Peterson, um, increasingly one of my favorite heroes, Christian heroes, pastor heroes. He says this. It's a very short quote if anybody who's listening wants to write this down because this is so good. He said, prayer matures into the practice of memory. Mm-hmm. Eugene Peterson said, prayer matures into the practice of memory. Oh, that that might be my favorite thing I've I've read from Eugene Peterson, and I've got so many yeah strong feelings about the way he's convicted me over time. But what do what do we do? Our prayers start out very childlike. Help, you know. Mm-hmm. Would you give me this? Would you get me out of this mess? Would you bless me in this way? It's very self absorbed. It's uh-huh. very much please, 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 please. Right. But he's saying, and that's not that's not bad. We don't fault our children for being childlike sure but as we mature as we grow into more and more christ likeness as we as we mature as followers of jesus i agree with what peterson's saying here maturity looks like prayer ultimately serving to help us remember god's character god's promises god's faithfulness to me easter sunday is all about choosing to remember um it's okay. also it's also why I'm not wow I'm like I might frustrate some people if I say this but I'm going to say it um I'm just not interested in all these like secondary or tertiary subjects um you know I don't get excited about studying the end times for example I'm not saying there's not a time and a place to to read something or to to have a good conversation about it but I have Plenty of difficulty forgetting the central foundational truths of the gospel. <laughs> yeah, Martin Luther even said, I, th- "I think we should preach the gospel every weekend. Every weekend we mm-hmm. should preach the gospel." And and I buy that. I buy that because one, I don't think I don't think you can mess it up by doing that. But two, like I'm already forgetting. Like an, another pastor friend in Colorado, I think I quoted him a few weeks ago. He said, "If we just did the things we already have been taught, and don't try to learn anything new." We're going to be busy for the rest of our lives, you know? So if we just try to remember and not focus on something really, you know, rabbit trails to the left and right, I just think we got plenty to work on. (laughs) Yeah. That's why Easter is so special. It's why we will share the gospel again, you know, and again and again and again. We'll go back to the cross. We'll go back to the resurrection. It's not just one weekend in April. It's we are forgetful people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me derail you then do it (laughs) what would you say then to somebody who feels like um they don't have the remembrance cycle Mm. that you talked about that david your example of david leading up to leading up to to fighting goliath he remembers the the big things throughout his life that god has brought him through right he is He's killed the bear, and he's dealt with a lion as he's saved the sheep, and God's brought him through all of these things. So when he comes to, uh, 
when he comes to 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 confront Goliath, he's not worried. He's not he's he's not he's not worried because he's he knows a God already. He knows his God that's going to bring that 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 has the power to deal with all of this, right? So he can remember and lean back on all of those things. So for somebody that doesn't feel like they can relate to David, yes. right? So they feel like I don't have that story. I don't have these big things that God's brought me through mm. in my past. I feel like I've kind of just skated by. Maybe even I've done it on my own, or it feels like I've done it on my own. And so they can kind of look at this story less of like, I can relate to David, like we all tend to do. We want to relate ourselves to the hero, but maybe they can't relate to David very well. And they relate more to the Israeli, you know, the Israelite soldiers that are terrified and worried they're all about to get slaughtered and are doing everything they can to not be the one that has to go face Goliath or be out in front of the mocking crowd. I think you just I think you just answered your own question <laughs> in a good way. I think I think it was Louis Giglio uh, who first made me think this thought a few years ago when he wrote a book on David and Goliath that he said, you know, we always we know who Goliath is. He's the bad guy whether it's, you know, literally the bad guy or he's a metaphor for whatever we're facing. Mm -hmm. But what we what we tend to do is we put ourselves in the story in the place of David. And so to your your question, well, yeah, but what if I don't have the lion and the bear story? And what if I don't have his kind of childlike, amazing faith um, to draw on? I think you just said it well. What if we're the scared... Israelite soldiers running the other way. What if we're the ones, it's been 40 days in a row before David shows up that Goliath's been taunting us, Goliath's been cursing God. We don't have the faith to go out there and fight. Mm -hmm. We are judging what's on the surface, going, there's no way I could take this guy. Not even thinking about what God could do. Mm -hmm. I could not take this guy. And so I, I think, one, that's reality. There's a lot of us at times in the crowd going, I... I'm hopeless. I have no faith. Um, and to that end, I think we can put Jesus in the story in the place of David. You know, Jesus didn't just come to empower all of us to be Jesus. Like he, he came to say, watch, watch and learn. Um, let me show you what I'm like. I'm God. You're not. Let me show you what I'm willing to do. So I think, being around Jesus, being around people who are being transformed by Jesus is the only, the only thing we can do. If we don't have it in ourselves to draw, my hope is there's, that's what, to me, that's what curiosity looks like. That's what spiritual seeking or searching looks like. Um, a passage that comes to mind, I just grabbed it, is from Psalm 34, 8, where he writes, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. He, he's saying, those of you that you, you don't have the memory to draw on, mm. come, come to the table and just taste, you know? <laughs> taste and discover that he's really good, yeah. you know? And so to anyone who's like, I don't have that faith to draw on. I don't have those memories. Okay, well, how curious are you? Mm. You know, how, how much are you willing to risk time-wise, energy-wise, uh, exploring? Uh, are you willing to read? Are you willing to hang out with some weirdo Christian people for a while and see if there's, there's something to this, you know? 
um, are you willing to cry out to the Lord, you know, and just say, I don't even know if you're there. Will you reveal yourself to me? Um, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know how many of our listeners are there. I'm curious as well, our audience, how, how diverse it is. You know, are there, are there one or more of you that, that you're, you're, as I've probably said too much, I've used these words a lot. Are you kicking the tires? You know, Mm -hmm. are you checking things out? Uh, I hope so. I hope, I hope we're connecting with some folks like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have memories now to draw on. I'll go back to when I was an adolescent. Yeah, I went to church and probably knew a lot of stuff in my head. I didn't even realize I knew, but I did not have memories of God's faithfulness to draw Mm -hmm. on. I did not have anything in my path. I I just had discovery. And And then I had a leap of faith. I just took a risk. And then, you know, in my 20s, I saw God change me. He changed my values. He changed what he changed what mattered to me. He changed relationships. I I fell in love with a girl who had real faith. I'd never experienced that before. Mm. And I started to build these memories yeah. of God's goodness that that now, you know, 30 something years later, I've got a ton to draw on. Mm. You know, that's one of the gifts of getting older. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my knees hurt, my back hurts, but I've got more memories but I can of God's goodness to draw on, you know? So All right. Well, um, let's wrap this sucker up. Okay. Um, any anything else you want to add here before we uh, before we hit pause and come back next week? I'm I'm excited about a shift in gears after Easter. Uh, I didn't say anything about this to distract or or I didn't know how exciting it would be for people, but I will share it on our <laughs> podcast. We're going to step back into the Book of Acts starting this Sunday, and um, if you want to read the first. Uh, 11 chapters of Acts, which may sound like a lot, but it won't take you very long at all to read. We're going to recap the fact that we walked through the first 10 chapters already. We're going to do a brief teaching on chapter 11, but we're, we're going to dive back into I, I, It's so vital to remember, okay, what did God start? How did he start it in the movement of God's people after the resurrection of mm-hmm. Jesus? We're going to go back there starting next week. also want to mention, really looking forward to serving Saturday. Thanks for setting that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a couple ministries in town. You can still sign up, I assume, on the app. You can, yes. At least as of today, Monday the 18th. Yeah. Probably I mean, for a couple more days at least. Yeah, we'll 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 let that keep keep running just to to give people the opportunity to to get some information. And we'll send out some information this week as well. But um, ultimately we uh, we got a couple of projects that we're gonna go do. We're gonna go um, do some construction stuff for Faith Refuge. So if you have um, some available time on Saturday and some construction experience. We'd love to have you be a part of that and uh, really help take care of uh, of the uh, the people there. And then we're going to head out to the um, to the center where the, the formerly the Pregnancy Hope Center, and um, and we're going to take care of some stuff going on out there and paint some stuff and clean some stuff up for them. So just to be clear, though, and I, I did joke about this purposely on Sunday yesterday. For those of us that have no construction skills, mm-hmm. um, maybe we have destruction skills <laughs> or just 
big hearts. Yes, big hearts. <laughs> Willing attitudes. Willing attitudes. There's yeah. going to be stuff for all of us to do, right? Yeah, there's going to be stuff. It may it may determine the place that you go. Right, um, right. You may not may not end up at the refuge because because we're going to do some work. Where that's going to be some you need some you. skills to do that, but. Um, but yeah, we have we have some things that'll that'll go on, and and um, some will just depend on how quickly we can finish some projects, and how many people show up on the same time, and uh, how far we can actually get. So okay, um, so yeah, it'll be good. Love it. I'm excited. Love so, it. Okay, all right, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, this has been the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at ColonialChurch.com. Or you can download our app from the App Store or Google, the Google Play Store. I can't even say Google. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, so send us your questions. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We will pick up our conversation again next week. Uh, happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter.